Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. My name is Isaac Palau. Check me out on the Bootleg Kev Podcast. Yo, Bootleg Kev Podcast, man. Special guest in here. My guy Isaac Paleo is in the building. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. For people who don't know, uh, this guy is an incredible artist, incredible painter. Uh, you've seen his works if you are a fan of Griselda. Uh, would you say that you're... Because you have like a signature style. It's like, it, is, it, is it realism with your own twist? Because <clears throat> I, I know that there's like, you know, words for certain styles of painting. Well, the foundation of my work is definitely realism. It's uh, figurative. Mm-hmm. Um but in the last, like, I don't know, four or five years, I've been introducing more street, contemporary, modern stuff towards, you know, mixing it with the realism. Um, like you'll have like a real, like, like some realism and then like the, the smiley face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of like, you know, that's a, a spin of contemporary mixing with the classical realism that I do. I do a lot of... Uh, renaissance type of imagery or religious iconography and i'll mix that with some street shit you know it's mixing it with maybe some spray paint um oil pastels kind of introducing a new element to it giving some layer depth and texture uh that's that's been in recent years though but the foundation of my work is is definitely realism how long have you like been a full-time artist i would say since since the beginning of 2020, that's so that's, that's when, when you were like all in. Yeah, uh, there was there was you were no already, you were making money before 2020 though. Yeah, for sure. But it, 2020 was like that was the pivoting moment. That's when things really cracked off. Was that because uh, because obviously for people who don't know you, uh, if you have seen any of these paintings that you've done, mm-hmm. there's like the third eye. In, yeah, that's kind of like a signature. Yeah. Isaac thing, right? And and uh, we were just talking. You just dropped the Tupac print. Uh, mm-hmm. How long ago did you do that painting? I did that painting January of 2017. That was that was the first piece that I did uh, incorporating a third eye, and it kind of like 
started i ended up doing a whole series based off of it because right. it became really popular became popping, yeah and then um so i did a whole show a whole body of work surrounding that didn't think it was going to take off as much as it did but um you know when west picked up the the concept it really blew up west side gun for people who don't know yeah yeah so west side gun saw that painting and then just contacted you and i you know he's got this this condo in in Phoenix that's just like a little art museum. It's got so many of your pieces in it. Yeah, and yeah. I've been to Buffalo to the store, and your stuff's in there. Yeah, he's got a gang of my shit. For how sure. many paintings has he got off you? Uh, probably north of thirty now. Damn. Yeah, he's probably he's got a lot. He's got a few sculptures, a couple of small pieces, ton of prints. For you, like, uh, you know, ha- like. I feel like when you ha- when you do something like the third eye thing, you didn't know obviously that it was going to change change things for you. No, not at all. It, it's funny because I get I talk about that situation quite a bit, and still to this day, I, I had no idea. I was just I, 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 so the story the, the way it goes is I was in college in, in uh, Vegas and I dropped out. Did you go to UNLV? Yeah, I was going to UNLV. I was technically studying art, but you know, I lived right by UNLV. Their art programs are ass. Yeah, so, you I know, lived I, off of a damn, like right by the Blueberry Hill restaurant, off of Trop. Oh, okay, I, I was on. No, East that was on Flamingo. It was on Flamingo, and um, it was over there somewhere. But shout out to Vegas. You're you're uh, more like northern. You're like more northern, right? More northeast. I was no, I was like right behind UNLV. So I was like Flamingo, like right by Blueberry Hill, that restaurant. It's like I was, I was, I was living in South though, like like more Henderson. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, so I lived were, yeah. on uh, Eastern and Sunset. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You it was right Molly across Malls, the street from McCarran. Molly Mall's old house. Yeah, mm. when it was McCarran, I think they call it something else now. I think it's still McCarran. No, because I tried to look it up. Really? And it's like some other name. Oh. Yeah, it's just so you were going to school for art. Which is a weird thing, I feel like, when people say I go to school for art, I'm like, really? I was majoring in fine art, but when I got there, I quickly realized that their art programs aren't really shit. You know, they, they got... It was like a hustle. Yeah. Not a, not a purposeful hustle, but there's certain people when they say they, they like, this is their major, I'm like, I mean, do you want to be an artist? Because are they going to teach you how to be like... Like, I might teach you, like, technique or, like, mm. history or something, but, like, yeah. I feel like you either got the sauce or you don't. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I wasn't even planning on going to school. I wanted to go to Pasadena Art Center. Mm-hmm. That's where most people aspire to go to when they want to learn, you know, more contemporary stuff, yeah. um, kind of further and expand their horizons. But I went to please, you know, my ex's parents, yeah. my, my parents, and I, it was just... I just sort of fell into it. I was like, all right, fuck it. I guess I'm going to go to school. You now know, I can see I'm in myself. school. Yeah. Set everybody up. And still kind of do what I want. Got the little college experience. Um, but, you know, when I got to, when I when I started going to school, I was already really proficient in drawing. Mm. My, my portraits in pencil were already pretty realistic. And I already had a sense of um, a backstory to my work. And, you know, I had taken art history in high school and i already i felt like i was already uh i had already built a solid foundation as as a you know young artist i already had a style i was already drawing pretty good i had already been exhibiting my work i I mean i I started exhibiting my work when i was 10 so by the time i was 18 so you were already already great at yeah i mean i wouldn't say great i just already had a a, almost a 10-year head start Mm. um 
so I, I felt like school was just kind of unnecessary. I already knew where I, what I wanted. I already knew where I was, uh, for the most part, headed. Mm-hmm. I just figured, you know, fuck it. Maybe I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll learn the business side right. of it. I should have studied uh, business um, management or maybe even you know theater because you know I was doing acting too. So I probably would have benefited more right. from that. But yeah, I was there for about two years. I dropped out, and when I dropped out, I started painting. I, I wasn't painting up until Yeah, because that's always, you'll see people who are really good at drawing and then they end up getting into painting or tattooing. Yeah. And I'm always like, yo, that feels like such a far thing to be good at that. And then like, because it's different tools, like. Yeah, it's a different way of making art, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, my dad's a, a pretty uh, well-known artist, too, in, in, in the L.A. community. And his work is some of the re- the most incredible pencil realism I've seen. I would I would argue he's one of the best pencil artists that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um so by the time I was 18, I was already drawing pretty close to that that level right. where we would exhibit our work together side by side and people would mistake my work for, for his, his work yeah. and I would kind of fall into the shadows and so I already knew then that I wanted to veer off and do, you know, something different that made me stand out so that I had my own identity. And then painting seemed like the right fit. And, and luckily, it, you know, I did because it was the right fit. It was able to create big work, uh, work that people responded to. People, it's so hard to sell pencil drawings. Mm. People respond more to paintings, the, the textures. No, for the sure. Color. I feel like if someone's going to spend money on something, yeah, spend money on a painting. There, there aren't pencil drawings that you know are um as coveted as paintings are you know if you look at the history of of the auction houses and all the the pieces of art that has ever sold for the most amount of money it's all paintings it's all paintings or sculptures right drawings they they fall short of it you know there's some drawings i mean if you're fucking da vinci and you got like one yeah if if you're if you're that name and you're hey this is a da vinci hand hand drawn thing people are going to spend money on that yeah yeah too many you know that's priceless but um yeah, pencil drawings aren't—they're really hard to to sell in the in the, in the art world. Um, so I knew, you know, painting was definitely my calling when I and I it, honestly it was pretty natural. I started painting, picked up a bunch of cheap tools from fucking Michaels, I think, and just started painting my ass off. I painted every day for a whole fucking year. Wow! And that was like my four year college, uh, college experience on my own. Right. You know, I painted every day with Bob Ross playing in the background and that was like i had like a it was like a you know eight and ten years sma- of practice smashed into one right one year so after uh, one full year i painted all every day of uh 2016 and then january to- 2017 i decided to paint the Pac portrait i'd always wanted to do a portrait of tupac yeah that's one of my my idols growing up, one of my inspirations, because mm-hmm. I do music too. So as someone that was, you know, uh, a lyricist enthusiast, that's someone that I've always admired. Right. And um, I wanted to to do a portrait of him that was different from everything else that I'd seen. My dad, had, you know, had done a, a few portraits of Tupac that I felt were fucking beautiful. Right. And I was like, I wanted to do something that, that com- competed. Right, right, right. And um, it didn't dawn on me right away to do a third eye. It, it, that just happened midway. I was already halfway into painting it. And I was, I, at the time, I was going through, through a lot of shit with my parents, with my ex. I was struggling, dropped out of college. I was, you know, doing tattoos on the side to 
pay rent, selling a couple oh, of Oh, so you were doing tattoos too? I've been doing tattoos since I was 15. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So, and I started doing that when I lived in Texas. Oh. I just picked that shit up randomly. So, you know, I was doing that as a side hustle and um, selling drawings, doing commissions on the side and working, you know, some part-time jobs right, that right. were fucking ass, doing yeah. like maintenance or just hustling. desk work, yeah. fucking retail. Yeah. So, dude, I, at one point I had like... I got hired on at like three different retail places at once. It was like fucking Bed Bath and Beyond, Coles and fucking Guess. Were you work? Did you work all three at the same time, or did you just pick like, ah, shit, which one do I go? to? Well, I I did the training for mm-hmm. each one, and I think you I get paid off of the training, right? Yeah, so I just collected like two, three fucking weeks of pay, and I just was like, all right, I'm out. Like they were all like, what the fuck? Like, Damn. yeah. So I, I did that before. Yeah, call centers. I, I used to do that call centers. I get the call center job, <laughs> just do the training, and then quit. Yeah, it was just on to the next one. It was pretty easy for me to get hired i would i would apply to like 30 fucking places at once get pick which you know mm-hmm. callbacks and then um i worked at gas and steve madden for a cool minute and then and then left that shit too so yeah you know i was i was doing a bunch of side hustles just to pay rent and to support my my you know and like my painting journey because that shit ain't cheap you know? I can imagine supplies, um, paint, brushes, yeah. canvases are not like canvases are what like twenty five bucks. Oh no, dude, they More? they go for yeah. I mean, if you're buying small canvases, but the my my yeah, my large canvases are like two hundred bucks, especially <laughs> when it's quality stuff. And right, I, paint right. on, I paint on wood panels, so it's it's a little more. Yeah, because like you could probably get like a cheap canvas at Michaels and yeah, spend like eighty but bucks. But you or could tell the difference yeah. between, in art. It's important to use. I'm good shit. Like I'm always impressed by people trying to make good art with cheap equipment. You know, cheap brushes, cheap paint. That stuff matters. You know, I, I remember I was I was using that stuff, and then when I started buying more expensive brushes, more expensive paint, I realized you notice the, the difference. Different, oh, dude, it's like the comparison. I suppose is like a microphone. Maybe. Exactly. You know, using analog equipment versus right. like you know this daw shit and right. then and then having like good like good good quality shit right. and then you you really can see it in the work um so yeah for a year you know i painted every day was using a bunch of cheap shit started you know immediately selling work it was crazy because I, I had started selling paintings right away oh shit like way quicker like how much I, were they going for your first ones i want to say the first painting that I had exhibited was uh, a, a portrait of a skull with a sombrero. And I, I had shown it at one of my dad's events, a Day of the Dead event. I sold it for like 500 bucks, And that was like the most I had ever sold a piece for in a gallery setting. Because before you were doing the pencil stuff? I was doing pencil stuff yeah. that was going for, you know, two, three hundred dollars. Right. And it was easy it was it was easy to move those because they were so affordable. But then the paintings completely switched it up for me because, you know, I was it was quickly seeing how they were going. And within art, you know, it, it's people always ask me, like, how do you appraise a work? How do you determine right. what a work costs? I mean, I've been exhibiting my work since I was 10. So, you know, I built my work up to what it is now at a very like early short price stage Yeah, where my work was going for, you know, a hundred, 200 and every year it just goes up a hundred. Well, it's also just bucks. like whatever someone's willing to pay. Right. That sometimes you'll see I mean, a piece of art and you're like, I mean, hmm. yeah, at the end of the day, art is really worth nothing, but to some people it's worth everything. Right. So, yeah, it's worth what anybody's willing to pay. But I'm talking about, you know, in 
in the gallery setting on a secondary market. You know, yeah. someone buys your work and resells it. So, do it, people do that a lot with your stuff? They'll buy and flip. Yeah, mostly with the prints. Mm. Not not so with the original. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I see that too because those Griselda fans they love buying and flipping shit, man. The the Pray for Paris joint that I did, you know, that print went for a hundred bucks and it's on eBay for like three grand. Jesus. So you know, it's how it's, many prints did you do? Well, I, w- whenever I do shit with Wes, it, it's you know, it's really up to him. I mean, in it's the more begin- of a collaborative. It, well, it's it's really his choice. Yeah. I have very say, like very little say in, in what he does. You know, at the at the uh, the first few shit that we did together, it was it was an edition of a hundred, and then he quickly started doing editions of one eighty seven. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. It's on brand. I so, get it. you know, and I, I think he, it, only recently he started doing like two hundred and fifty. You know, with the with the Virgil stuff and the right. rollout with, and then you right. pray for me. But um, yeah, I mean that 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 piece was extremely popular, and you know it's going for, you know, I mean, so much more you, than what it actually. Sold I wonder, for. like, when you and like, because because obviously <clears throat> Westside Guns got so much to do with like giving you exposure. Yeah. Um, do you like charge him if he wants a piece? Like yeah, if he wants for Thur- sure. Thurman Thomas with an yeah, eye, bro pays. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, but big bro, he he pays. Um, you know, I, I th- my relationship with Wes is is a, a unique one, and I think at, at after the first year, you know, we we did stuff together. I think it quickly became more family based than anything. Right. It it became tighter than I had expected, and. You know, whenever we do shit, it's I don't. We don't even talk numbers. You know, he he'll text me, yo, I I, I need this by yesterday. I'm like, all right, I'm on it. And the numbers will be, you know, we'll figure out the numbers later. Right, 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 right. With every with anybody else, it's it's different. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, Wes is, you know, my Dr. Dre. I mean, like that's like my, you know, he put me on for sure. For sure. And I'll always keep that relationship like that because I feel like I owe it to him to just, you know. I mean, whatever he needs, he knows I'm there. So, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy how that that relationship even you know came about. Like I said, after that first year of painting, I did that portrait of Pac. Third Eye thing cracked off, and then some of my homeboys who grew up with uh, Diddy's kids hit me up, and they're like, "Yo, you should do a portrait of Biggie, and we'll move it to Puff." So I did a portrait of Biggie. I was at the time I was living in Vegas. I fucking drove four hours just to drop that shit off in Holmby Hills at Diddy's crib. Wow! So that was, uh, you know, a stamp of, of approval. So Diddy bought the Biggie painting. <clears throat> it, it, it's a little trickier than that, you know. what I'm saying I actually never even met Diddy. A lot of people think it was like that. Is it hung up at his house somewhere? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. It's 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 hung in his studio in Holmby Hills. Oh, nice. What the crazy shit is that. You know, I never met Diddy, right? But he has posted that fucking painting so many times. I mean, that that painting is hung in the recording studio in his house. Right. A lot of people have recorded in there. So many people so in the background and so many pictures so many and videos. people have posted yeah. my painting on on Instagram. I remember Joey Badass was like raving about it. You know, um, <clears throat> this one was kind of this is kind of sentimental. But when Nipsey was working on Victory Lap, he there's a picture he posted with him and puff side by side and you see my biggie portrait in the background and i was like damn i was like my i felt like my spirit was there That's a little so bit during yeah. that process um and i never got to meet dude and i would have loved to because you know that was one of my well that's got to be one of your paintings eventually you got to do the nip one man 
Uh, well, I, I did a, a Nipsey portrait a while back for uh, the Real Street Fest. Oh, I was hosting that. Yeah, I was. Um, I it was it was like I had a, a, a friend who knew the people over at a what was it fifteen hundred sound. Is that what it is? Or 1500 Sound Academy? Oh, yeah, yeah. 1500 or nothing, guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like George Peniche. Yeah, and yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. So yeah. they had a thing going on with like Fender. And I had did a, a, a portrait of Nip to put on display at their booth. So I had that. That was the only portrait I did of them. But, you know, I'm not really big into doing um, like dead celebrities. Right. I, I really only do that shit if it's. If if it uh, the opportunity makes sense, if someone's commissioning it, I won't just. I did that already. I did that so much early on that I realized I didn't want to base my identity off of painting dead right. celebrities. It's not. I'm not. I'm not. No, you've got. You've done like shit, Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's on Wes. You know that's like Wes's cur- curation and, and what he wants. But I won't do that consciously. I've only done it a couple of times, and and if I do it, that's because it, it really means a lot to me to right. do it. You know, I wanted to build my career off of my own shit i wanted to build my my art career off of uh an original style of work of versus being you know oh that dude just paints it's so easy because it happens a lot celebrities do you see that shit all the time i'm not i think a lot of people misconstrued me with other artists like i'm not an ig artist if ig disappeared you still are i'm still gonna be like you know it's kind of like modeling right it's like you could be an instagram model but could you like do print work yeah no do you have an agent exactly you know what i'm saying it's different there's a lot of motherfuckers that don't exist in that world but they exist on the social media platform so if that shit disappears it's like a lot of these tiktokers you know a lot of these tiktok motherfuckers had to find a a path because when tiktok started to fall off you know they, they had to do something so either they got into music they got right. into acting they definitely started doing a bunch of that i was gonna say have you had anybody who, who just straight stolen your style i mean all the time yeah that shit happens weekly you know what i mean people tag me in shit that people will do it's like third eye shit or smiley face shit you know i remember um fashion nova had dropped the whole line and they dropped some third eye smiley shit and i tried to hit them up um i was actually gonna go over one of their billboards they had down in hollywood i was gonna fucking blast that shit that'd have been hard um but i got a fear of heights so i'm not doing that shit that shit was way too high Damn. i actually went there like twice it's on the second time i was like all right i'm gonna go up there but i was like the billboard was right above uh like a fence that had the fucking like the spikes and shit oh yeah, yeah. so you're wire. like if i fall backwards yeah i'm like i'm not risking this shit like I'm final like, destination yeah i'd rather hit like one of the homeboys to fucking go hit this yo, shit. yo they steal so much yeah they them do. sheen like all those companies um, dude they steal so much from like small comp like small artists small creators like small clothing lines even they'll steal a fucking clothing line design there's no way they didn't see my shit dude it was a third eye smiley face where, where else are you gonna see that shit with like with like dr- like drippy like exactly With my red shit. Drips yeah, shit yeah everything was crazy and i was like everybody was tagging me in it i was like these motherfuckers you know what i'm saying i'm like like it's cool i've had a lot of people you know try to bite this shit and maybe maybe you know it's possible that motherfuckers just got the same idea it's possible that they you know i'm that can't you know be- what it is too is your your work so popular people will see it and not even care to see like oh what is this what is this from they just see it and then they're like oh we're just gonna replicate this yeah, without think- thinking of of you motherfuckers will get inspired and they'll run and do their own shit i mean i would have loved to even just you know had the conversation of doing a legit collab it was like bro we can make so much more by just doing this legitimately Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but um yeah people bite the shit all the time and it's funny when i when when wes hit me up 
you know, he he immediately responded to the third eye shit. That was what he right. liked. And he goes, um, dude, that's the craziest shit. Because I had read, I had discovered who Wes and Conway was in an article about them sh- signing to Shady. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I was following a lot of hip-hop pages, you know, kind of trying to stay up to date with what was right. going on. Um Because I started putting a lot of music out in like 2018 and, you know, writing a lot. And um, so I was trying to stay up to date. And I saw that article and I looked into their music. I was like, damn, these motherfuckers are dope. Had no idea who they were. I was like, these dudes, obviously, like, I probably had the same impression as everybody else. Right away, it spoke Wu-Tang. But I was like, I thought these dudes were like some old heads that I just never heard of. Right, right, right. Um and then fast forward, that was like in June, June or July of 2017. Fast forward to September, I get a DM from Wes because Hip Hop DX posted my Tupac painting. So he was like, yo, dude, he's like, I fuck with your shit. He was like, you know, I just bought a new crib. I want to acquire some work. He asked what I had. You know, nothing really spoke to him at the time. And he was like, all right, let me think about it. And then he hits me back up like a month or two later. He's like, I'm about to drop an album at the top of 2018. And I want you to do the cover. And I was like, all right, bet. Like, we could do that. And it was the first time I had ever been, you know, offered to do a like a an album cover. Like mm-hmm. a, something legit. Yeah. And uh, I was like, what do you have in mind? And he goes, I want to do a portrait of Chris Benoit with the third eye. And I was like, oh, shit. It's like, all right, we can run that. <laughs> so, and I was already building... Uh, a body of work for a show that year. So when I did that cover and it came out, it just elevated everything. Every the whole Your body show, of work that I was yeah. doing. Yeah, Hypebeast picked it up and they were talking about it. So that was it was a crazy cosign. And um but nobody really at the time I wasn't like I didn't have that big of an IG following. Actually I didn't have an IG following. I probably had like ten thousand followers. So very few people. Right, 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 right. So when they saw my Third Eye series, a lot of people thought I was biting Wes. They just thought that I was... They, were they like, oh, realized this that you're... Yeah, like they, I would get a lot of people in my comments being like, damn, this shit looks like West Side Gun shit, or this motherfucker's like, straight I'm the one who painted bi-. that and shit. And I'm like... And I just like... At, at the beginning, I would, I would have to like explain to people, and then I just started... Now, when it, ha- it still happens. Right. When it happens, I'm just like, man, shit's funny. Because I'm like, dude, these motherfuckers People are stupid, know. man. They just don't know. Yeah. But that, but that's why it's like, you know, my IG is fucking... Like, from top to bottom, it's just filled with West Side shit. So I'm like, how do you not know? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's been six years now. Like, how do you, how are you not caught up? But, um, yeah, it's funny. So, you know, a lot of people, because Wes put that shit out, a lot of people started copying it. The smile, especially the smiley face Mm -hmm. thing. You know, I'll see a lot of people doing portraits of Wes with like a third eye with like smiley faces and shit in the background. And and it wasn't like a conscious thing. Like I'm going to paint third eyes and smiley faces and that's what's going to, that's what's going to hit. It just it just happened, you know, and people responded to it really well. I want to give a shout out to our family, our new sponsor. Shout out to Munchies, man. It's Thanksgiving. We love the Munchies, baby. All right. Want to give a shout out to Munchies, the market leader in the hemp and cannabis space. Uh, of course, offering you federally legal award winning hemp products that are comparable to your favorite cannabis products. All right. And it can get shipped straight to your door. And check this out the craziest sale of the year. So much going on, so many products. I love the Strawberry Dream Gummies. Let's pop these boys open. All right, this was dope. The biggest sale of the year, 40% off any order. 40% off any order of $60 or more. Right now, if you go to their website, go to deltamunchies.com, use the promo code BOOTLEG, 
or bootleg kev you can use either one of those bootleg bootleg kev all together you're gonna get 40 percent off any order this is what's dope about their gummies all right their gummies are so good 100 milligrams per gummy so you see all these there's a thousand milligrams in the box they're vegan they're made with real fruit and the flavors are crazy you've seen the strawberry dream they also got the apple berry nectar and this one right here the tropical passion all right, and let's not forget that they also got the vapes for you. Yeah, that's right. This is the grape jelly runts, uh, grape jelly runts rather. Oh my god, that packaging looks good. I'm about to. Also, they got the strawberry shortcake, and they got the pre rolls, the double doinks, man. These ones right here are the uh, lemon cherry gelato. That's a hybrid. Um, and look, you can get forty percent off right now. Forty percent off right now. Um, all you have to do is go to deltamunchies.com, use that promo code bootlegkev or bootleg. Uh, you'll see it down below, all right? And get 40% off your order of $60 or more. Now, this is important because the sale ends November 30th. So head on over to deltamunchies.com, get you some of that slushy juice. These are very good. Four gram blend of live resin, THCP, and Delta 8. You can get a 5,000 hits out of this bad boy, plus free lanyard in every bag. DeltaMunchies.com. Bam! All right, wait. We got to stop the interview. This is an emergency. My bookie just sent me an email. This week is Thanksgiving week, and we have an emergency offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag. We're going to have so much football to bet on Thanksgiving. How about all the NBA that's going to be happening on Black Friday? Oh, football weekend is going to be crazy. And right now, this is very exclusive to the Bootleg Cat Podcast. They're doing a 110% deposit bonus. That's right. This bonus offer is a 110% deposit match up to $1,100. That means if you deposit $1,000, you will get $1,100 for free. Put right into your account to gamble with. What are we doing? Go to MyBookie right now. MyBookie right now. Sign up. Use the promo code BOOTLEG. And this only is going on until November 26th. That's Sunday, all right? So from now till Sunday, if you sign up in my bookie, you're going to get 110% deposit match uh, bonus, all right? That means you put in 1,000, you're going to get 1,100. You put in 100, you're going to get $110. Did I do that right? My math's fucked, all right? But listen, shout out to my bookie. All right, sign up, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code bootleg. This is so exclusive, y'all. This is only happening this week. So make sure you sign up if you like to gamble like me. Let's get this money, baby. I was going to say, uh, for you, like, I know that, you know, you just did a commission piece for Peasy, the fat, yeah. the fat Joe uh, piece. Like, if somebody hits you, uh, oh, you don't have to give us your business, but, like, what, 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 like what's the conversation start at if, you, if they want to commission a piece with you? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Let's just I, say it's I, some I, dude off the street who just wants you to paint... Yeah, I mean, I'll put you on game. I mean, you know, I get hit up. The art game is just so interesting to me because you'll hear like there's these apps. You can buy pieces of art. You can buy shares of art. Yeah. There's the gallery game. There's so many like it's just like it's it's kind of like the music game. There's just so many different. Yeah, I think I think during 2020, though, I kind of um, it, it things change. I'm telling you, like a lot of shit changed for me in 2020. Yeah. That I, There was a lot of things that happened that elevated everything that I was doing. And I kind of beat the gallery system, especially the galleries that I was working with at the time. Um, I, up until you know, then, I had never had representation. I had exhibited my work in tons of galleries, yeah. and some museums, but you know, I kind of 
you know, I kind of skipped a lot of steps um, during that time because when Pray for Paris came out, I had a lot of attention uh, having done the alternate cover that Virgil did. Yeah. So a lot of people, uh, you know, had their eyes on me and I sold a lot of work by myself. You know, I, I never had an art dealer, never had an advisor or any type of manager or representative. So, you know, my my process was very like, like, it became on like on some trapping shit, you know. That's that's how like yeah. a lot of the shit. That's what it felt like. Like I felt like the last four or five years, I've been trapping my shit just straight, straight up. Like there's no the formula is so simple. Like I don't even know how to explain it to people in simpler terms. Uh, you know, uh, people think that there's some sort of crazy formula, and I'm like, nah, dude. It just sort of happened where. It, it was pretty it's organic you know Wes hit me when Wes hit me up it was as simple as yo dude I want to work with you and I was a fan of him and I was like yeah let's do it you know there was no contract there was no business meeting it was like what you what do, what do you want to run you know sent me some some images I was like all right let's run this one we did it and gave him a price and that was it and then and that's just is super straightforward you know like so I don't do projects for just anybody. I, I, so I, not anybody can just hit not, you? No. Like, in the beginning, maybe, but yeah. I quickly started to realize that, you know, I, I had the opportunity to say no to a lot of shit, you know, in the beginning. Because what is like, if you say yes to something, what is the time that it takes to put one of your <clears throat> paintings together? It just depends on the project. It depends on, you know, what I got going on at the time if I'm already working on a bunch of shit. I'm saying like in terms of just like hours, man hours, yeah, actual I mean, painting. I mean, it, you know, it depends on how big the piece is, how much detail there is. I mean, I can bust out a painting pretty quickly if I really put everything aside. Like let's say the I'm Fat like, Joe one. Well, Fat Joe is um, that's a five by five painting, five feet by five feet. I think I did that shit in like like 30 days, like a month's time, but I was taking breaks. You were doing there was, other stuff, there was yeah. stuff that was happening in between, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like when Wes hits me up and he's like, yo, I need this shit by yesterday. I, I'm like on a three day timeline. Like I got, so you'll tweak out and just finish dude straight 12 hour days, just back to back nonstop. Whew. Yeah. Like when I did, um, when I did the Jordan and Virgil portrait, I did those both in like three days, like wow. collectively. Like, yeah, like Virgil took me like one day and then Jordan took me two days. But that's that's because I had to, I don't think it really matters how fast or long it takes for someone to create mm-hmm. something. Um, I could work very quickly just because I know like once I start, I'm locked in. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a rapper. It's like you know when they jump into a studio. It's like they already got the material laid out. Just give them a fucking beat, and once they're in, they're in. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, so, you know. And then you got some of these artists who take you know a year, or two years to make a project because they're they're like taking their time, they're reminiscing on it. With me, I could just jump into it. I'm already, especially when Wes hits me up. Because when Wes hits me up, it's like. Synergy, like that energy, just I get locked into it, and yeah. then I'm already, I'm already on, I'm already on it. You know, there's no, there's nothing that's gonna uh, slow me down when I'm working on his projects. But um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't take on just any projects. I, I quickly started to say no to a lot of shit. You know, I keep the, I keep the 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 group of people that collect my shit is very tight. You know, there is a wait list. You know, I, I, there, there is a, a process, a, a sort of an evaluation process to get my shit now. Oh, that's sick. You know what I mean? And I mean, that's a good place to be in. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it, it all, and, and I get it. You know, I know everybody wants it. But that's why I started, you know, doing the prints allows people to acquire my work on, on 
a scale that's you know it's like not everybody's going to afford a thirty, forty thousand dollar painting, but you know the prints it allows the work to be accessible for everybody, and that's that was you know important for me to to establish because I want everybody to have my shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. But the 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 original shit is like that's you know that's reserved for you got to come it's like you got to come correct and you know, i get a lot of people that'll that'll hit me up and they'll, they'll assume that the work is i mean i really don't care what the price of shit goes for but you know it took me a long time to get to where i'm at and you know i i it's hard to explain that to everybody and then when people hit me up and they're like oh what's your work going for and i'll give them a number and they're like damn that shit's crazy like I thought, you know, I got to wait a while. And I'm like, well, you know, it, you it's cool that you didn't know. It's fine. But I'm like, you know, what do you expect? Like, yeah. you're hitting me up because you, you see that Wes fucks with me, yeah. PZ fucks with me. I'm doing shit for fucking Benny. I'm doing right. shit for all these people and doing collabs with so-and-so. I'm like, come on, what do you expect? Like, don't, you know what I mean? That's why I got certain things pinned on my page so motherfuckers know. Like, you're not going to go to so-and-so you know is super established and, and just well, yeah you're not gonna go to like ask timbaland for a beat and then be surprised when he tries to hit you upside the head yeah and i'm like I'm, i wouldn't even you know so right. but it takes people to ask so they yeah, know right. so you know what i mean but that's why i'm like you know that i i don't know people i guess they don't really do their research i mean you could find the price of shit on like artsy you know my shit's there you know what's artsy is that kind of like artsy's a marketplace for okay. to sell art you know i got a i got a bunch of art listed there through some of my dealers that sell my stuff so you know there's prices there i mean and and you know it's the shit that i do with wes is not is not a mystery you know right. what i mean i mean the prices are there he talks about it yeah you know, but at the end of the day i really don't think the price of shit matters that's just what it is but you know i i think um it's what matters more is like the projects that i'm working on i try to keep it very curated again i'm not going to just do anything i've had people come at me with you know a bag and they're like yo i want you to do an album cover i'm like well, i i don't even know your music like that i don't even fuck with you know with i don't know anything about you mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm not gonna just do it because you're waving a bag in my face like i don't need the money like that right. you know i'm more i'm more um what makes sense I, yeah i'm concerned about brand. what exactly like does it does it align with what i'm doing and you know because some people will hit me up and they'll be like oh we want you to do some like alec monopoly type shit i'm like well then go get a fucking alec monopoly yeah and that shit God, I mean, shout out to that guy who's obviously really successful. But, but yeah. that that shit is so like, what is that like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, to me, like you know, that shit is very like. If you go to a scammer's house, you might see some fake Alec Monopoly shit. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, like you're not gonna go. It's different. It's just different. Yeah, you're not it's gonna different. fucking. You know, no one's gonna ask Timbaland to make him a fucking. You know, murder beats type. Beat. Right, you know right, right. It's different. It's, like, it's different. It's, it's like, different. Or some shit. So. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of that too. Someone's so. asked you to make something like yeah. that. Oh, I get that all the time. Or, or they'll, I'll get a lot of like, you know, and sometimes I will humor the the situation. You know, I'll always hear people out and right. see what they want, just because I just I don't know. I like I just I, that's just me personally. I always hear people out, and and sometimes you know, if the opportunity is uh, something that piques my interest or I believe in it, then you know I'll consider it. But a lot of times I'll get some goofy ass like you know idea that people want to do and i'm like yeah i'm not doing that like i'm, I'm not doing that shit yeah. or like people will want me to do some shit like like um <clears throat> i'm not gonna say no names but because i don't want to sound like i'm hating or clowning but i had a home homeboy hit me up uh to do a project and i'm a fan and he was like i want to do a, I want to just for his house you know i want to commission a piece and he had this crazy ass like idea about doing a portrait of him on like some like 
Viking battle shit. And I was like, dude, I don't paint shit like that. What? Like, you know what I'm saying? Know, you're like asking me to paint like Frank Frazetta. I don't paint like that motherfucker. Like, I'm. You see my work. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you got something that falls into what right. I do, then you know, then I can do it. But you're asking me to paint some like fantasy mystery shit that I don't like. Even that's not what I do. I'm not even on. Yeah. So, um, and I think people who are aren't that learned about art and how artists, you know, operate. They just assume, oh, this dude can paint. He can paint anything, right. and it's like I'm not gonna just. Well, you paint also don't want to. You also don't want to paint anything. Exactly. Yeah. It's like asking fucking Tarantino to do like a love film or some or, shit. Yeah, to do like a rom com. Yeah. You feel me? Like yeah. it's like you're not gonna ask it. Like nah, he's gonna make what he makes, right. and because he's mastered that, you know. So what's just, been your favorite painting so far? Because you have so many dope ones. The Mike Tyson one recently was hard. Obviously, the Elizabeth Taylor one's probably my favorite. I got that on a hoodie. That shit's clean. Yeah, you know, I think. It's really hard to. The, I, I have a, a a deep relationship with all the work that I've ever created. I think, you know, Tupac has a special place in my heart because of what it's done for me. I think um, the my Mona Lisa master copy that I did, mm-hmm. you know, was a a big pivoting moment for me because I grew up studying Italian Renaissance. I grew up studying the Baroque period, Neoclassicism, and all that shit. So, uh, Da Vinci was someone that I. I did, that's like my all-time favorite that's like my jesus christ you know i pray yeah. to da vinci when that's i paint funny. so when i did that mona lisa master copy that was like uh, a challenge for me to see if can i really push myself to paint can am i just you know am i lying to myself or right. is this something that i can actually do when i got there i was like oh, i guess i can paint you know pretty good fucking good so it was like you know it was for me so then i started retracting my steps and getting more loose with it it was kind of like a picasso thing i'm not saying a picasso yeah. but you know by the time picasso was 14 he was able to paint like rembrandt and then it took him a lifetime to fucking you know find that style and it wasn't up until he developed cubism to what it is now um that took you know gave him his voice and i think that you know learning the foundation of portraiture and figurative art and realism gave me the uh leisure to be able to go in the direction that i've gone and and get so loose with my my breaststroke you know a lot of people a, a lot of my aspiring artist homies will ask me you know how do how did i find that you know that stroke where i was able to get so loose and make it work because a lot of people think that you know just because you can paint or draw real that's right. that's what's going to make you successful it's not the case. It's like rappers thinking just because they can rap fucking fast that they're gonna be yeah, awesome you gotta Eminem yeah, yeah, yeah. twist or, or shit. even like just because you're like super lyrical if you if you are not if you have like no flow or you're hard to hear. It's you like, feel me, dude? I know so, there's some fucking rappers that can spit better than ninety percent. No, people, but their music's but, not palatable. Like you might be able yeah. to put some cool words together, but like are, that doesn't make you good at rapping, right? It, it's it makes it's, you good at writing there's flavor you know what i'm saying you know there's there's soul to it you can't for sure i I tell people all the time like i'm not going to go around claiming that i'm an artist and i'm prolific and i'm making work that's going to be revered in 500 years i don't know maybe not but what i do know is that art you can't teach that shit you either got it or you don't but you have to put in the hours to discover it you Mm. know what i mean you have to find it i think a lot of people can make art i think they just have to live enough life in order to achieve right. that ability right um you know and i again i've been doing this shit since i was a kid so i've had a lot of hours uh sharpening my blade but i've also lived a lot of life in between then 
that gave me the experience and storytelling to talk about art is storytelling. Yeah. So if you don't have enough experience, you're not going to have good stories to tell. You're not going to, you know, just cause you can fucking draw or paint so good. You're, what are you going to paint about? Right. You know, you're just going to be another one of these IG artists who are doing portraits of celebrities or, or shit that you know is, is going to sell. That's like a commercial artist. Right. I wouldn't consider myself a commercial artist because I paint what I want to paint, yeah. whether I think it's going to sell or not. Um, there is a narrative to my work and fortunately, you know, I've, I've built a following that, um, understands the story and they, they pay attention to the stories that I'm telling in the mm. narrative. So they, they read into that and, and stylistically they like the work, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, I think, I think, man, it's so hard. I, the, the, the first pray for Paris painting that I did really fucking holds a special place in my heart. You know, that really changed everything. Yeah. That smiley face shit, like, that's what really set my whole shit off. I think I have that. I have that on a T-shirt too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the shit that set everything off, dude. That's it's like this in 2020 when that shit came out. I sold maybe like I don't know, close to a hundred original paintings that year. Mm -hmm. I bought my house off of that year. That's crazy. And then the following yeah. year, it just developed even more. And you know, again, I probably sold anywhere between two, three hundred works every year since then. Crazy. That's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of pain. That's a lot of work. That doesn't even include print sales, merch sales, mm -hmm. commissions, or hand embellished, uh, you know, prints. Hand embellished prints are, you know, those are, I don't know if you're familiar with what you have is a hand embellished print. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, holds a little more value than just the, you know, the large edition print. If I'm doing an edition of 100, I might do 10 hand embellished joints and, you know, touch it with pastel or spray paint and those are super limited because i'll only do no more than 10 that makes so sense. so that you know including those prints originals like yeah the hustle in since 2020 21 22 and this year has been fucking monstrous i was gonna say uh hey what up y'all we gotta stop the interview tell you about our good folks at king palm that's right let me tell you about king palm man it's all we smoking over here what i love about king palm terpene infused flavor in each one of these. These are the margarita. Now, this is kind of the wave I've been on recently. These margarita ones are fucking fire. No tobacco, no nicotine, straight, raw, organic, fresh leaves. Um, and what's dope is they got the tip. You squeeze the tip, you hit one of these boys, and you just get hit with that flavor, man. You get hit with that flavor, no matter how big or small the palm is. You know what I'm saying? This is what's dope, too. Uh, King Palm, if y'all don't know, man, they're one of the leading brands when it comes to this real like organic smoke life that's why i like them i like to smoke clean nothing smokes cleaner than a king palm so if you're in your hood you're in your neighborhood you're in your motherfucking city your area wherever you're at go to your local liquor store they're gonna have king palms all right so pick them up there you could also go to 7-eleven or this is what i suggest you do right now come on shout out to the king palms man go to the website kingpalm.com you go to kingpalm.com, you use the promo code bootleg, this is what we're doing. 50% off whatever you order. They got so much at kingpalm.com. Not only do they got the Leafs, not only do they got the grinders, not only do they got the ashtrays, they got them all. The cones, 50% off. All the smoking accessories, all the Leafs you need, all the flavors, 50% off kingpalm.com promo code bootleg. Also, speaking of 
shit you're going to get some money off of our family, our dogs, our, our, listen, I'm going to uh, Tampa to go DJ for these guys' holiday party. Odd Socks, baby. The holidays are here. Now is the time to go to oddsocksofficial.com and use that promo code bootleg. All right? Use it right now, and guess what? You're going to get 20% off at checkout. Now, the dope thing about Odd Socks, they got all the crazy licenses. They just locked down Coca-Cola recently. Yeah, look at those. They just locked down Hasbro, so they got Power Rangers, Transformers, all that. I mean, look. They got Cheez-Its, bruh. You know what I'm saying? They got Hershey's Chocolate, bruh. They got WWE. They got Breaking Bad. They got Top Ramen. They got the drawers. They got the socks. They got the slippers. They got the hat. They got the belt. Whatever you need. Oddsocksofficial.com. Load up for the holidays. Gift Odd Socks to your loved ones. Whatever they're into, there's an Odd Socks for it. Oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG when you check out. Save 20% off. Let's get back to the interview. Shout out to the homies over at Blue Chew, man. That's right, Blue Chew. Everybody always asks me, does Blue Chew work? Well, you don't take my word for it. Try it for free for a month by using that promo code BOOTLEG right now. Blue Chew has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Uh, it's all wrapped up into a blue chewable form delivered right to your doorstep in discreet packaging. No doctor's appointments uh, are needed. All right, you don't have to go into the doctor. Everything's online. Go to bluechew.com. All right, sign up with that promo code bootleg. Get your first month for free. If your dick ain't dicking, it's time to get a dickin' again. You know what I mean? You're dealing with a little erectile dysfunction, maybe a little anxiety at work, maybe you're stressed out, maybe you're just married to someone you're tired of fucking. Let's be honest. Sometimes you need a little extra, you know, a little extra something, something to get you over the finish line. Get that Blue Chew, baby. Blue Chew. Try the first month for free. They're going to give it to you for free. A month supply for free. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code bootleg right now. Thank me later. Let's get back to the interview. If Can you share with us the most you've ever gotten for a painting? Well, the Last Supper joint, the $100,000 painting. <laughs> Yeah. I, that one was great. That was, for, that was from my show last year, you know. And but I had, you know, that, who bought that? Well, that's Just Wes, someone that's private. We, that's Wes's painting. That's Wes's. Okay. But I had spoken to Wes like six months prior to doing that work, and we already had the agreement that it was his. Where does he have it at? Well, I I shipped it out to Atlanta. Okay. Um, but I think I think he I think he got a new place, and I think he pushed all the art out of Atlanta and took put it somewhere else. So I'm not really sure. How big was that? Last I last I heard it, it was at like Urban Necessities. So oh, in, in Vegas. Vegas, yeah, I think they probably had it there on view. Some shit, I don't know. How how big was that painting? 14 feet. Jesus. Well, 14 feet wide is seven is seven feet by 14 feet. So the dimension, the original, That's so big. Yeah, the original mural is 14 by 30. Like the original Last Supper. The original Supper Last Supper mural is 14 by 30, and I wanted mine. I, mine needed to be proportionate, so I just cut it in half and did 7 by 14. <sighs> or 7, it technically should have been 17, 7 by uh, 15, but the, you know, I had to cut it down a little bit. Yeah. Wow. I had to fit in my fucking studio. That's massive, yeah. dude. How long did that take you? Four days. Four days? Yeah. That was the last... So you saw the show that I did last year, the show called The New Renaissance. Mm -hmm. So I, I had... Um, it, wait, it only took you four days to do that? Well, it was the last piece that I was working on for the show. I had painted... I had did 70 pieces for that, for that exhibit. And that was the last one that I was working on. And I, and I wanted it to be the last one because... It, I, I needed to have all my focus on it. Yeah. I was working on five paintings at once, just 
you know, while one's drying, I'm working on the next one. And I didn't want to do that with that one. That one had to be painted at a certain pace. And um, yeah, it was the same situation. It was like 12 hour days, just nonstop, boom, 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 just That's smashed crazy. it out. What is yeah. like for you, like, I feel like there's so many talented artists, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, I've seen like so many people who I know who paint who are dope, but like for whatever reason, you know, they can't pop, you know, or create the demand for their work for you. Is there any advice? You know, you obviously were put in a position where you had a light shine bright on you, but for yeah. somebody who's a struggling artist, who's very talented, what would be the advice you would give them in terms of like how to kind of like try to their best to make a living off of their passion, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough. It, you know, I feel like a lot of it has to do with being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Because there's a lot of talented artists that I know, people that I've known for years, and they're still, you know, in a it, it, trying to pop off. Yeah. And I think, um, I think a lot of, uh, you know, th- this is what I know for sure. Being a, a fine artist and having a career, half the battle is making good art, and the other battle is is being a good networker. Because mm. and, and and like in every business, it's not what you know; it's who you know. And was that where like the gallery game comes in? Well, it just you know what relationships do you have? Because right. as an artist, you know there, there there's a lot of people who do make art. A lot of people that you see on social media, they have no idea how the real art world operates. They don't know nothing about the galleries, the art dealers, the Cause auction art, houses. Cause like, you, will you have like an art dealer shop your pieces? Uh, I mean, I recently I started working with multiple dealers. I've always had people that try to, you know, put what do my, they? What do they do though? Like, are they like? They have a clientele. They, they have a clientele. Hey, this is what yeah, I got. exactly. They have a clientele list that you know maybe they have clients overseas, mm. and those clients have built a relationship with them. And an art dealer or advisor's job is to advise collectors what they should own. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's very. Curated. So they're almost like selling it to them, like, hey, this is you. You need this. Yeah, this is a good investment. There's. I, a lot of people collect art as an investment. I don't care for collectors like that because I'm not trying to sell shit just for a bag. And I'm not, I don't want to see someone reselling my shit 10 years down the road. I want my work to be uh, in collections that are going to get picked up by a fucking museum one right. day. You know, collections that are going to be alongside people that I admire. Or, right. or a, a collection is 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 really storytelling it's like someone who collects shoes right. or cars you know there's there's a reason to collect all that shit you know what i'm saying it, it, you, there's a passion behind as opposed it. to someone who just buys shoes to flip them you feel me right or someone who you look at a lot of people's art collections today they're gonna have you know fucking cause with murakami and they're gonna have like a fucking you know print by I don't know some you know some random you know contemporary commercial artist, and I'm not I'm not downing those artists. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of Murakami and Cause and Shepard, you know all these guys. But just a lot of people buy shit just because of the name that it's goes the hype. behind it. Yeah, it's it's they know what the value is. You right. know what I'm saying? Like you go to a motherfucker's like you go to like a 30 year old motherfucker's house and they got everything is just dripped in like bape and cause and Murakami. Oh, trust me, like, I've been in a lot of those houses. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, you have no knowledge of like, you know, curating your shit. Like yeah. your shit looks like everybody's your house shit looks like a fucking to. sneaker fucking yeah, resale fucking Yeah, your shit looks like spot. round two. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the fuck is this? So yeah, for sure. I think, 
you know, a person who's a collector, because I collect art too. I collect other people's work and I collect shit that, you know, I, I, you know, obviously have a relationship with. I look into the story, what it means uh, stylistically, how it, you know, fits in with everything else that I have and the relationships that I built with those particular artists. So in, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, as a collector, yeah, I want, or as an artist, I want my work to go into collections that are well curated mm. and that are going to last or even be talked about. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like Jay Leno's car collection. How many times do people talk about that shit? For sure. You know, but there's a lot of people that own 30, 40 cars, but no one gives a fuck. It's like you got. It's because Jay Leno's collection is different. Yeah. It, well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. different. It's well curated. Sure. So that's the same concept, and I feel like, you know, um, yeah. So you know, art dealers, they'll their job is to you know, talk to their clientele and, and advise them, hey, this is this is a market to get into. This work fits in your... Cl-. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, is going to be cookie cutter and a lot of it is smoke and mirrors, but, uh, you know, you can make fun of that shit because you ever see those, like, parody videos of, like, motherfuckers, like, in an art gallery and they're saying some dumbass random shit about some art. You know, like, dude, motherfuckers don't really talk like... They do talk like that sometimes. But yeah. It's funny, you know, and it's silly, but that's how it works. So I have a few people who who deal my stuff on the side and and I don't just let anybody, you know, I, I, it's people who have a solid clientele base. Right. It's people that are actively working. You know, I have a dealer who who has clients all over um the world and she's she sells my work pretty um often, you know, and and she has clients that I can't reach and I mean for me, I've been fortunate enough to get hit by a lot of people like the the work that I've sold over the last few years is people just hitting me in the DM being like, dude, I, I wanna I wanna acquire your work. And again, in the beginning it was it was so brand new that I had to say yes to say no. Right. You know, once I got to say no, I, I would say it a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? So like when I did my show last year, you know, I had it was funny. I had some homeboy walk in with some hot ass chick, you know, and he was like, oh, I work with this gallery. I work with this gallery. How can I, you know, get into your work? Blah, blah. I was like, all right, well, there's a wait list. So if you want to shoot me an email, we can, you know, evaluate. And if you get approved, then we could talk about some work. And he was like, no, nah, but you know, like I want to like pick up. Some. I was like, nah, there's a wait list on me. I'm like, I'm not going to let you flex in front of your girl. Yeah. I was like, there's a wait list. If you really want it, you'll hit me up. Yeah. You won't just flex in front of your chick. Cause if I tell you the price, I doubt you're going to buy. Yeah. So I'm not going to even humor it. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, I said yes a lot and, uh, yeah, you know, de- dealers are cool. You know, they, they get the work out there, but Again, I, I felt I, for me, it's I've been fortunate enough to to do a lot of shit on my own and wear that hat where people could just hit me up and be like, you know, I want to I want to acquire something and then and then we go about it. If, if the for you, how up. how because you know you just did the Jay Worthy Kamaya album cover. Mm-hmm. For you, how often are you getting hit to do album covers? Because you just said you you said earlier that you said no, you know, to somebody. I mean, I get I get hit up by a lot of upcoming artists artists that haven't like even popped off i get that all the time um i mean i've gotten hit up by some pretty big people you know i i I mean not to name drop but you know over the last year i was talking to meek mill about doing a project with him and you know yeah it would be game changing um so you know shit like that is you know it comes around you know peasy hit me up on just some i'm trying to collect some art shit I want some shit in my crib exactly you know what i mean he i mean he's a fan of west like everybody yeah. else so everybody wants to acquire when when west really paved like 
the groundwork and like put a lot of rap motherfuckers on especially just into the art shit at period yeah you know because you have a lot of rappers that have been collecting art you know um cause statues well yeah (laughs) you you know swiss beats has a real fucking no swiss hove there's like those there's a few select few that really have jay-z's collection is not even comparable that he's got fucking basquiat's and shit like his shit is blue chip art i'm talking about like yeah, I mean, Swiss Beats' work is even, you know, pretty close yeah. up there. But, I mean, Jay-Z's probably got the best collection in the rap game as far as rappers go. Oh, for sure. You know, him, Kanye, Swizz is right yeah. up there. And then Wes is, Wes has got a lot of fucking art, a lot of it. Well, I like how, like, he'll, like, you know, uh, gravitate to, like, an independent small painter like yourself or, or, or uh, what's her, her name, Marielle? Marielle, yeah, Mariella, Squat Dead Face, mm-hmm. Kip. Yeah, you know, kept like if you just go to his, like you know, when I, we went to his spot in Buffalo, it was just like it was like a, it was like it's it's literal gallery. Yeah, but you know, I think Wes Wes has a keen eye for what he likes. Yeah, and he I don't think he cares whether something there's certain things that he doesn't really uh, care about, like the name behind it. Right. If it's dope and that shit's raw, and it speaks to him. He's in. He's gonna fuck with it. Yeah. And I think that that's how. He really operates like that when it comes to art and curating things. Obviously, when it's like when he's on his fashion drip, like he's going to be wearing like the creme de la creme, you know, the best shit that for money sure. can buy, you know. No, so, no, for sure. But with art, he's got a vision, and if it speaks to him, he's going to run with it. And that's been kind of his his genius because you know, look how many artists he's worked with. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and toot my my horn, but obviously, I think. I don't even think I know. I mean, I've done the most shit with him because it's, it gets to this, it's like come to this point where whenever Wes is working on a project Mm -hmm. or anything, the fans expect him to do shit with me. Right. They're like waiting. Like when, and then you pray for me came out, there was a bunch of people in the comments like, yo, are we getting alternate art from Isaac? You know? So it's like, it's kind of expected. Right. Because we've done so much projects together that people can't separate my work from his work right they they, they want the they two together they're, just, they're right in tune yeah, yeah it's so they, it's really hard for them to hear the music without seeing some palio shit to right. go along with it they want the merch they want the prints they want the vinyls or the cassettes or the no CD. the merch goes crazy i see that shit everywhere i was gonna say for you uh let everybody know just kind of because people are going to watch this, they're going to want to know where they can buy. Because you said you have some stuff on Artsy. Yeah, I mean, all, all my shit is going to be listed in my my Instagram, my bio. You know, my website's there. I'm always putting out prints and merch. I have, you know, there's there's my original. I have a lot of original work available on Artsy. There's a lot of stuff that's not even online. They got to sort of hit me up and right. You know, sometimes I'll I'll bring people over to my studio, kind of show them around, give them a tour of what's not even what's online. Not online you know what I'm saying, you know, I'm working on three exhibits right now i'm working on an exhibit um a private exhibit for a members club in downtown la for the uh this month i'm working on another exhibit in boston and then i'm working on a solo show for next year in new york oh fire that's the first time i just brought that up so in new york so you're already kind of do you like when you do that and you know you have three shows coming up are you gonna like it's almost like when you create an album, mm. do you know like okay, this is for Boston? Yeah, this is for New York. I'm already curating it like that. Yeah. Like I'm already I've for for the last six months, I've been developing a new body of work, um, kind of pushing everything that I've been doing and trying to t- you know put it uh, take it to a new, give it a new identity, 
push the envelope and hopefully, you know, people respond to it well. Um, I'll rotate, you know, like some of the shit that I had in my last show, I'll probably exhibit in Boston Mm. because there's people there who hadn't seen that stuff. So I'll introduce them to that work and I'll just kind of rotate and curate things a certain way. Um, The exhibit that I have at the private members club, there'll be an an opening uh, next year in January. That's going to be featuring work that's never been seen before. Obviously, for the solo show in New York, that's going to be brand new work that no one's ever seen before. I haven't even started on that work yet. And I actually have my dad um, featuring a, an exclusive uh, exhibit Drawing. work as well. Fire. Yeah, I ha- yeah, I, he's going to be uh, exhibiting like maybe like five. What's your dad's pieces. name? Antonio. Antonio Palau. Yeah. Fire. So it's going to be dope. Um, I'm excited to put that out there. I mean, I just did, but officially, you know, roll out and start inviting When is people. it in New York? It's going to be June 6th. Oh, so you right got time. In Manhattan. Six months. Well, seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... That's um, dope, man. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's going to be it's gonna be lit. You know, it's um, going to be presented by Ink the Magazine, so they're backing it. Fire. Yeah, man. Here it is, man. Well, I appreciate you pulling up, brother. Thanks for having go me. Go follow dude. this guy. Go buy some prints. You just dropped the Tupac prints. Are there any available or are they sold out? That's just sold out. Dunzo. Okay. Yeah, well, there'll, be, uh, yeah. there'll be some more prints of something coming. Yeah, I got some shit. I got some an extension of that drop coming out. Um, I think next month. So you know, if they didn't get an opportunity, <clears throat> they didn't get an opportunity to uh, cop that shit. They, you know, they can get an opportunity to cop some other shit. Last question. I always am curious. Yeah. How do you scan a painting <laughs> to where I, you can do the print? Well, there's scanners out there that you know scan super high res, but I don't have that shit. I don't have uh, that's you know that shit's cost that costs a lot of money. But there's other ways to go about it. You know, sometimes you can take a high res photograph. Um, I used to have a guy years ago. I used to have a guy that would photograph my my pencil drawings and color correct it, mm. make, make it a super high res TIFF file that um, was good for printing. And then eventually I started taking photos of my own work. So everything that's shot, all the prints, that's just me taking a high-res photograph of it and then cleaning it up in like Photoshop. So you clean it up. Yeah. yeah. Make it printable. That's, okay. yeah. Even all the I was fun- wondering that because I was like, yo, like when people do prints, like is, where are these scanners at? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, especially the large paintings, you know, like things that are super huge that that's taken with a super high-res camera where uh, there's got to uh, be a specific angle so it's flat. And, yeah. You know, the lighting has got to yeah. be in, like in a black room. So yep. there's no, um, you know, light reflection yep. and you, you see like, color, you know, so yeah. it's, there's ways to, to do it that's probably the most efficient way when you're taking pictures of large works i mean i'm gonna keep it real i take all my shit on my iphone really yeah yeah but you know i'm I've, i took like six months in photoshop so i clean my shit up really well which iphone i color have, 15 no i have the i have the i think i have the 13 yeah so you gotta get you know, your 15 i know i gotta update <laughs> my shit you know what i'm saying but yeah there's ways to, to do it all those files that wes has you know that's just me taking the photos myself cleaning it up making sure that it's at the and highest that's how quality it becomes an album yeah, yeah yeah and make sure it's there's no glares or any type of like you know Damn, just weird crazy. weird imperfections in the photo so well now you know yeah i mean you know people don't people don't know how to do that shit and that's part of you know being really embedded and right. wearing all those hats so yeah get your shit up get your shit up yeah, out there man real. isaac i appreciate you brother thank you so much yes for having sir me, big dog boom fire Yo, we're wrapping up an interview, man. Of course, I want to shout out to our family at Hardeen, baby. Hardeen, Las Vegas, celebrating their seventh birthday. 
this month. So happy birthday to Hardeen. I want to give a shout out to the whole family over there. When you're in Las Vegas, you got to pull up to Hardeen. Tell them that the Bootleg Kev podcast sends you. They're going to take care of you. It is the craziest selection of premium cannabis in the country, all under one roof. You walk in, and it's just a vibe. Beautiful bud tenders. Amazing smoke. Just the illest merch. You know what I'm saying? And it's right in Las Vegas, right in Sin City. So you land in Vegas. You about to go gamble with your boys. You get in that cab. You say, take me to Hardeen. They're going to know exactly where to take you. All right? Shout out to Hardeen. Go follow them. Hardeen underscore Las Vegas. Or go to the website, HardeenLasVegas.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.